We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to a special edition of Hand Raised Guys, presented by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Today on the show, Chase, visit, Chase Parm visits with former Ole Miss player and coach, current FAU assistant Todd Abernathy. Probably know Todd. Todd's a 2023 M Club Hall of Fame inductee. He's in Oxford uh, for the event, which is the reason Chase is not here. Chase is emceeing the event again this year. Uh, he and Todd discuss uh, his path to Ole Miss, his relationship with uh, Andy Kennedy, how the Rebels shaped him, and much more. Then I'll answer some questions um, from rebelgrove.com here in the stream as well. I'll take your calls on the Campbell Clinic hotline as well if you have any. Uh, we'll get to all those, so we'll have a little time. We've got a lot of content coming your way. Just finished McCready and Siski. That's uh, up in podcast form uh, now, so it should be popping up in Spotify and Apple here momentarily. Uh, later this evening, I pushed everything back 15 minutes to give us a little bit of time in the event that anybody wants to call, but we've got the uh, Butcher versus the uh, Dance Instructor presented by LB's Meat Market. That's coming your way as well, followed by Pete's Pigskin Preview. Presented by Riverland Roofing, getting you ready for Texas A&M and Ole Miss. And then almost a two-hour show this evening. If you're just hanging out, you want to put it up on YouTube while you're watching uh, NFL or whatnot. You want to put it on a different screen on your computer. I talked to David Eckert of the Clarion Ledger, covers Ole Miss, does a great job. Also talked to um, Olin Buchanan, David Nuno of TexAgs.com. Uh, both guys, friends of mine, they cover the Aggies. And uh, then... To have our weekly visit with Ben Mintz of Barstool Sports. So all of that coming to you here on MPW Digital. So we've got your programming till past 9 o'clock. So I don't know where else you get that. 2 to 9. That's a lot of programming in one day. I also have a podcast up from earlier in the day with Jeffrey Wright in a podcast form. The Josh Hendrickson Show, episode 9 of that, is up in podcast form from late yesterday. And there's a new edition of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle. So a lot for you to listen to if you're making the drive to oxford on um tonight or friday uh hopefully we can entertain you as you uh get here to uh to oxford get ready for Ole miss and texas a&m 11 o'clock at vault hemingway the game on espn this show brought to you by comer heating and air southern air conditioning and heating 
Different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. We got a taste of the cold weather this week. It's going to warm back up. It's going to be pretty pleasant next week, but you know it's coming, so you got warned If you haven't checked your heating element to make sure it's ready to go, now's the time to do that. Get in touch with the people at Comer, Eric, and all those guys in Southern. Let them know that you need to get it checked out. If you have a problem, you want to know now. So again, Comer and Southern, the numbers are on the screen. Give them a call. We really appreciate them being a part of of our show. Please make the Oxford Exxon and Blue Sky a part of your football weekend. We'll have this up in podcast form as an Oxford Exxon podcast on Friday. Stop by the Oxford Exxon on Highway 6 West in Oxford. You can fill up outside. You can grab some ribs inside. You can also check out their fantastic beer cooler. It's 34 degrees of sudsy goodness. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. Again, 662-257-1900. Todd Abernathy, all other guests join on the Campbell Clinic hotline. The Campbell Clinic's in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard. Suite 102, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow, the Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m., to 4 p.m. And all of our content this football season has been brought to you and has continued to be brought to you by Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea, packs a flavorful punch, 5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. There's no need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. It perfectly complements your love for college football, your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences with Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. So I'll come back after this interview between uh, Chase and Todd. I'll jump into the uh, questions. I'll take some calls, and um, we'll go from there as we wrap up this uh, week and get ready for uh, a big football weekend here in Oxford. So here is Chase Parm and Todd Abernathy on the Campbell Clinic Hotline. Todd Abernathy now joining us on the Campbell Clinic Hotline. Todd, good to uh, talk to you. Uh, I know you got in from um, Boca this morning, got into Memphis. You'll be in Oxford later today for the M Club Hall of Fame induction. I'm just kind of curious, though. We're going to get to plenty of old Miss stuff. You said you stopped in for breakfast at Cracker Barrel. What's the order? What do we do at Cracker Barrel, Todd? Man, biscuits. Um, <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't go to Cracker Barrel down in South Florida, so this is a, yeah. a big treat for – 
for my kids. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy how fast time flies. And my oldest is 13 and I have a 13 year old, 12 year old, seven year old and a three year old. So this is honestly the, the three year old's first trip to Mississippi and even to Memphis. Um, so we had to get some Cracker Barrel and, uh, we're well-fed and really ready for a nap before we head, head, head over to Oxford. How'd the little one do on the plane? He did well. He, yeah. we woke up at 4 a.m. this morning, so he was, he was tired by the time we got under the airplane. So he slept a little bit and did not throw too much of a fit. So Ole Miss, obviously, as a player, as a coach, it's meant to, so much to you in so many different ways with basketball. What's it mean to you to be inducted into this M Club Hall of Fame and to have this experience this weekend? Man, it's it's such an honor. You know, I'm I'm super humbled and just so thankful for the opportunity uh, to to be inducted this year. And um, Ole Miss obviously means so much to me. I, I came. I'm, as you can tell by my accent, I'm I'm not from the South. I'm from Indiana, and um, just had an unbelievable experience as a as a player. I obviously grew up, um, you know, formative years of my life going to school at Ole Miss, and um, had a really good basketball experience, especially when when Coach Kennedy came to town and kind of flipped the flipped the script on on Ole Miss basketball and my experience there. And so to be able to come back, I, I was thinking about it. it's it's been 20 years since 2003 I came in as a freshman. And so it was it's it's right around 20 years since I was there um, as a as a freshman. So it's so fun to be back here with my kids, my wife, who I met at Ole Miss and just be able to celebrate. And obviously, it's not about me. Um, there's so many people that had a huge hand in 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 me getting to Ole Miss and and then the success I had while I was there and beyond. So who called you and told you you were in? How'd you find out about this thing? Jessica Lynch did. She okay. she called me a few times and I get so many calls um, just being busy. And yeah. uh, in, 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 in my world, I get so many calls. And so she left me a voicemail and I don't think I listened to it. And so she texted and said, hey, I want to talk to you about the, the M Club induction. And I'm like, I think I need to call her back. So um, <laughs> she was the one to give me the good news. I'm going to get into a good bit of Ole Miss stuff, but you you mentioned um, obviously not being from the South. Your dad's a start on the Indiana team. Bob Knight passing away. Just what's what's that been like since that news yesterday for your entire family? Man, Coach Knight had a huge impact on our family. Um, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Wouldn't have ended up playing at Ole Miss if it wasn't for for Coach Knight. My boss, Dusty May, actually was also a manager for Coach Knight and and was maybe one of the reasons why I ended up at Ole Miss. Dusty was was on staff um, with Mike Davis, who who took over when when Bob Knight left. So Bob Knight has made a huge impact. Um, he wrote me a letter when I when I first was at Ole Miss. He was at Texas Tech, just congratulating me for for being in the SEC and um, so. He's made a huge impact. It's obviously really sad that he passed away. Um, I spoke with my dad last night once the news came down, and my dad was able to visit with him a couple weeks ago. Um, oh, so, okay. so, so he got closure, and um, and but Bob Knight is is Indiana basketball, and 
uh, I think he'll go down as as one of the best to to ever coach the game. And, and a guy that I would assume has been a constant in your life from the very beginning because your dad and being yep. from up there and everything else. I would assume that, you know, Bob Knight's probably one of the earliest people you even came to recognize or know a little bit. Exactly. My dad has had season tickets for IU basketball games ever since I was born. And so growing up, we would we would go probably 30 to 45 minutes before tip-off and go in and see Coach Knight. And he'd be in his coach's locker room on a – on a on a chair just watching golf honestly getting his, oh. his mind off of everything um so yeah he he uh had a huge impact on us and um will you know he, he'll be missed and um so it's, it's it's sad but also it's a great opportunity to celebrate everything he's done for the game of basketball so you mentioned that tell me how you got to Ole Miss what when, when did that start how did that that story play out well, honestly, being from Indiana and and being a son of a you know a Hoosier, my dad won the national championship in 1976. So I grew up with with IU everything, and my dream was to go to IU um, and and play there. And so it's funny how it worked out. I IU actually offered me a walk on spot, and so they did not offer a scholarship. They didn't need a point guard in my class, and so. Mike Davis was the coach at the time. And so going into my senior year, I looked at the options I had. And there was a school out of Ohio called Wright State, which is a really good mid-major. And it was about two hours from us in Dayton, Ohio. Ed Schilling was the coach there at the time. He recruited me harder than anybody. And when IU decided not to take a a, a point guard in that class, I kind of narrowed my focus um, and... I actually committed to go to Wright State and played my whole senior year thinking I was going to end up at Wright State. I didn't sign, though, in the early period. Um, And sure enough, Ed Schilling got fired from Wright State. And so I took the commitment away and then kind of the floodgates poured open. Memphis um, with, with John Calipari, they jumped on me right away. I came on an official visit there um, and was honestly a few hours away from committing to Memphis. I, I went on the visit and in those, in those days, parents couldn't go on official visits. So they only flew me out there. So I saw everything just by myself. So I got home from the visit and I'm like, Hey, mom and dad, this place was awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a top 25 program. Coach Cal is, is amazing. And my dad's like, Hey, sounds like an awesome opportunity. I totally support you. Let's just sleep on it. Let's pray about it. And you know, if you feel great about it tomorrow, you can call them and give them the good news and, and commit there. The next morning, Rod Barnes called and said, hey, we just lost our starting point guard. He transferred just out of nowhere. So we're looking for a guard to come in and have an opportunity to play right away. The guy that told Coach Barnes about me was Mike Davis, who was the oh, head wow. coach in Indiana. He was really close with with Rod Barnes. And Dusty May, um, believe it or not, was on his staff as a just an up and coming support guy. And so um, I I had no I, I I had no idea what Ole Miss was like. Honestly, the only thing I knew about Ole Miss was Eli Manning in in Ole Miss football. Yeah. And you know, I, I we talked about it. My dad said, "Hey, Rod Barnes seems like an awesome guy." They're in the SEC. There's an opportunity to play. What do you think? 
So I talked to Coach Barnes, ended up going on an official visit and just fell in love with with Ole Miss. And I uh, went back and, and honestly, we we took a couple. My parents and I said or my parents said, hey, before you make a decision, let's drive to Memphis and then let's go from Memphis to, to Ole Miss just so you can feel what it's like mm-hmm. um, and see, hey, this is this is going to be seven, eight hours from home. And we, we made the trips and, you know, as we're going home, we, you know, wrote down the, the positives and negatives and it, it wasn't even close when, when it, when it all came down to it, Ole Miss fit me so much better. And I uh, had an awesome experience. I'm sitting here right now um, and absolutely love, love Ole Miss. So was going to Memphis first almost kind of a southern palate palate cleanser? Had you been in the South much at all in your life? I mean, what did you sort of even know about the you know the culture? Yeah, I played bat. I, I played in a, bat, a national like the the AU Nationals in Memphis. So I've been okay. to Beale Street, gotten a taste gotcha. of, of barbecue and blues. But I had the only the only place my family went to if we'd come to the South would be South Florida, you okay. know, being from Indiana. So I I really had just tiny experiences in in the south um so yep as as you said memphis was really the first taste um of of southern hospitality you 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 get there i I guess first was so was iu a singular focus i mean in high school because you are a fan is i mean is that the goal or is it simply even at that point looking at all opportunities and kind of letting that play out um i had i mean i was open you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. and in, in my dad educated me like, hey, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. But just naturally being from the state, um, you know, it was really IU or, or Purdue. And then Notre Dame was, I, I guess, the other biggest school in the state. Um, IU and Notre Dame recruited me. Purdue didn't recruit me. Um, mm-hmm. And then Butler was the other one. And at the end of the day, it really came down to Butler, Memphis and Ole Miss. That's so. But but IU was really my my dream all along, and and there were people telling me like like you know you're in the in the rivals industry, so you're talking to to these high school kids, and I had kind of the rivals guy of Indiana say, hey, IU is about to pull the trigger on you, you know, mm-hmm. and then it didn't happen, and it uh you know opened up the door for me to for me to come come down here and um. You know, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It it uh it it was really the 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 best experience I could ever imagine. And I met my wife down here, had a you know, had a great experience in basketball. And and Andy Kennedy was uh really instrumental in me. He really changed the course of of everything for me as far as my success as a player and then getting my foot in the door as a coach he was the first guy to to hire me when i when i finished playing professionally and gave me the opportunity to to be on his staff his last four years at old miss you got a little early early success as you see sixth man earlier in your career what do you still remember about that transition into college basketball and your your early time there you know what i i started every game as a freshman and the funny thing is looking back keith carter was still playing in italy when when um i first got to oxford so during the summer we would work out and he was usually rehabbing a knee surgery 
because yeah. he, <laughs> he had some knee issues. Um, so I remember, I remember, you know, coming to school and, and I, I got there early. So I graduated on a Friday from high school and I drove, I, I did my, like a high school party, you know, open house on Saturday. And then Sunday morning, I drove down to Oxford to start summer school. And that really laid the foundation for me. And that I believe was really the reason I was able to, to start every game as a freshman. Um, Justin Reed was a senior my freshman year mm -hmm. and Aaron Harper. Those two guys were unbelievable players and, and really, really good teammates. So, you know, the first three years, Coach Barnes had a huge impact on me. He is one of the best defensive coaches. So he he got he got us tougher. He helped my defense a lot being being a, a slow white white kid from Indiana. Um he taught me so much about defense. And then Andy Kennedy came in and really put it all together. He was he what what AK does so well is put guys in the right positions to be successful and to maximize their strengths. I was a really good um, facilitator. I think if I had a, I, I was a good shooter and scorer. But if I, if I probably had a few few years with AK, I would have been more aggressive. It was just so new to me, um, you know, and how much freedom he 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 gave us. And so the transition was great. We were, we had a we had a lot of talent and we had a good foundation and we were ready. Um, for him to just come in and put us in the right spots and he uh made it all come together and, and work really well yeah, winning the SEC West that year. Uh, we're also brought to you by Dead Socks, the best socks you can put on your feet. We'll have a post-game show on Saturday afternoon. That'll be brought to you by Dead Socks. You go to deadsoxy.com, promo code Rebel Grove at checkout for uh 25% off your order. I'll have a, a post-game column after Ole Miss, Texas A&M on Saturday afternoon. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors. If you're searching for residential or commercial properties in Oxford or Tupelo, contact Whitney at uh, for amazing professional service and support. Contact Whitney at Whitney at tmhomes.com or 662-257-2573. Uh, are you retiring soon? How long should you wait to take Social Security? Are you already retired? Should you consider Roth conversions? These are just some of the questions that can only be answered with a personalized retirement income plan. Andrew Segoe with Segoe Wealth Management specializes in helping folks just like you come up with their retirement game plan. Whether you meet at his office in Collierville or prefer Zoom from anywhere, schedule a free discovery meeting, see what they can do for you. It's rebelsretire.com. We'll have a hand raise, guys, of some sort tomorrow. We're still sort of working on our schedules. That'll be brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great people, products, and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, um, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662 429-4429. A-Stocks, a Nashville-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1, no matter what the retail value may be. Uh, you can name your price on uh, thousands of items from big-name retailers at A-Stock with multiple locations around Nashville, Memphis, and other locations as well. So, again, A-Stock.bid. If you're coming up this weekend, make sure you stop by the College Corner in Oxford, the newest location of the College Corner. They've got two locations in Jackson and now one in Oxford, just off Sisk Avenue in the Oxford Commons, more than 4,000 square feet of the best 
Rebel Gear. Plenty of parking available. Their staff will have you in and out ready for the Grove in no time. It's uh, open It's open since mid-August, so go check it out if you haven't yet. It's collegecornerstore.com. And we're brought to you by Game Changer Patches. Uh, GameChangerPatch.com, <clears throat> promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Podcast is brought to you by GNM Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area and they offer MedSync. For your prescriptions, same time each month. Take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, and everything you need when you need it with GNM. They'll also help you transfer your medications. One phone call, they take care of the rest. That is Holly Springs with Tyson Drugs or GNM in Oxford, 662-236-2222. Right, exactly. What do you remember from that? I mean, there's a coaching change, obviously. Are you aware of Andy Kennedy at all until he walks in for the first day? I don't know. That, that first experience? Um, yeah. I, I, I might have seen him a little bit at Cincinnati just because of of, of Coach Huggins, how he, he got pushed out and then AK was was thrust into the you know, in the interim, interim job. So AK came in though, and he told me right before the, the, the season started, he sat me down and said, Hey, TA, I might want you to come off the bench or I might want you to, it was really playing off the ball. And mm-hmm. cause I've been a point guard my whole life and was just used to making plays. And he said, Hey, Justin Sarasoli is here. And he sat out last year I think he might end up being the point guard and you'll be off the ball. And I'm like, coach, whatever you need, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And, um, it didn't end up happening that way. I, I ended up being the, the point guard. Um, but AK was super, um, honest, transparent. And, um, you know, but then, you know, when things became clear that I was kind of the, 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 the primary ball handler, um, you know, he just, he he was really good at orchestrating everything and and helping us be successful. The 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 best memory I have though, you know, from from my that senior year, I think of the LSU game. It Valentine's was night. It was February fourteenth. Yeah. And that was Valentine's Day. And I the 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 backstory to that is I got engaged on the eleventh, which was Sunday, I believe. Um and so Obviously, if you get engaged on Sunday and you have a game on Thursday, you better win the game. Yeah, and so yeah. we, we look up at the score and my my memory is a little fuzzy, but we were down a few <laughs> with, with with probably 15 seconds left. And I'm thinking in the timeout, we cannot lose this game. AK is going to be so pissed. I'm, I'm going to be in big trouble if, if we lose it. I'm, he's not going to let this down. And so sure enough, big baby throws it to Brian Smith. We're trying to foul him. Big Baby Davis throws it to Brian Smith at half court. I end up getting the ball at, at top of the key and find our best shooter, Clarence Sanders, and yeah, he yeah. hit the game. Um, I still have the a, a, a picture in my garage of the the scoreboard, whatever the score was, 70-69, I forget the score, or 71-70, in the student section just going nuts. So – the tad pad, I'm I'm really excited. Ole Miss is is getting back in there this year. That was by far my favorite memory. And, you know, at the time that just helped solidify our standing in, in the SEC West. And we ended up a few games later, it was on senior day, we ended up beating Auburn That's to, right. to win and secure the, the SEC Western Championship. 
did you think, I mean, the entire time you mentioned the talent that was there, I mean, was it just a matter of getting the right, everything clicking? I mean, when, when AK gets there, do you go, hey, we actually have a chance to do something significant with this this roster in your final year? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. You know, Bam Doyne, who is going to be at the M Club ceremony tonight, he, he's been my best friend from day one. We came in together. He's from Little Rock. So Bam had an awesome year that year. Um, Clarence Sanders is another guy that, that AK or, or AK did not sign him, but Rod Barnes did. And Mike White, I think, was a point man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Dwayne Curtis was also another instrumental piece. He was already there. So we picked up a few guys. Um, Kenny Williams, we picked yeah. up. He made a big impact. Um, but I, I think we, we had the foundation. And, um, you know, so AK came in and just just put everybody in the right positions and let us grow our hair out that was that was one of the big changes um one of our 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 first questions to coach kennedy was hey do you care what we do with our hair he's like no not at all so everybody grew out their their beard or whatever hair they could grow so that's why i wore the headband that that senior year and everybody uh talks about it when they when they look at the the old pictures I was about to say I might have to haze you a little bit tonight when they throw the big cutout up there because you do you got a pretty good mop going back then, dude. Man, I know, <laughs> I know. It looked a lot better on the court than off the court. And as I said, I got engaged in February. We got married in July. So my wife told me, "Hey, after the season, you're getting this haircut." And so, sure enough, a few weeks after season ended, I, I got it cut. What's it mean to you to have AK and Bam there tonight? Man, it means a lot. Obviously, AK is is doing his thing at, at UAB, and it's been it's been really fun competing against him. Um, mm-hmm. Last year was the first year we we beat him, and um, but but honestly, AK being there means so much. I I would not be here today if it wasn't with, without him. Obviously, he he changed um, you know the the culture of, of Ole Miss basketball my senior year and that opened the door. I I honestly was going into my senior year. I would have never imagined going on to be a professional player and then become a, a, a college basketball coach. So AK deserves all the credit for that. And um, when I got done, the crazy thing, when I got done um, playing, I spent one year at IUPY. I was a volunteer assistant so i was doing operations video and as i was there i was like man i gotta find a way to get back to old miss mm-hmm. ak is still there he's my guy and i met with him that spring and just said coach i i think i can help you i'm willing to do anything um there are other sec schools that have support and extra support role and you know i i really if you're open to it if you if it's possible, you know, I would love to help you. And I think I could do it. He said, hey, I'm meeting with Ross Bjork tomorrow. So I'll bring it up to him. AK called me the next day, said, hey, I think this this might work out. And then he created an entry-level spot for me. I ended up, when I got there, there were a few assistant spots open. And so coach put me in there within a week or two of, of getting to Oxford. I had no assistant coaching experience. And he put me, threw me into the fire and 
we ended up going to the NCAA tournament that year. That was 2014-15 with um with Moody, Jarvis Summers, Sebastian mm-hmm. Saiz. Had a had a really special group. So having AK there with me is um is gonna be really cool tonight. I, I obviously see him a lot. We stay in touch a ton. But then Bam Doyne is is my is my best friend. And he uh, you know, we we live together at, at Ole Miss and he's a he's a guy that is gonna be my dude for life. And so having him with me, without those guys, I wouldn't I wouldn't have this honor. Um so I'm just really, really thankful for for those two guys. I can't repeat most of it, but Bam might be one of the top five quotes uh, that he gave us even all these years later. Like, he, he, he'd he let some stuff fly back in the day. I mean, it would it'd be yes. some good stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, What would you have done had you not coached? What would be your professional career had you not got back into coaching? I probably would have um, – my dad I, – I probably would have gotten in business with my dad. And my dad played at IU, played in the NBA – got into commercial real estate. And then in 1996 or 97, I was probably 10 years old or 12 years old. He built a basketball facility in Carmel, Indiana, which is my okay. hometown. And as you know, basketball is, is is king in Indiana. So there's a huge demand. So I probably would have ended up going back to Indiana and helped him with his business. And um or I would have done something in business in, in, in the South, you know, would love to stay around Oxford, um, but ended up getting into coaching. And um, my wife, who I met at Ole Miss, Micah, she uh, has been supportive. It's a, it's a really, really hard profession. Um, and, you know, going to the final four last year for going to the final four from FAU, uh, just made it really, really cool. And I think it 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 kind of helped my wife see, hey, all these all the sacrifices um is uh having that experience was was really, really cool. My son though, my seven-year-old after Houston was like, Hey daddy, what where are we gonna go next weekend? Cause we went from we went from Columbus to New York City, then to Houston. And so okay. I'm like, hey Jack, this this is it, man. We're we're going back to we're going back home to Boca and uh we're not going anywhere for for a while. You obviously believe in your team. You know, you guys are good. You were competitive as hell all season. What was that run like though during the, the course of those three weeks? I mean, are you just picking up momentum and rolling? I mean, you know, in the day to day, what does that feel like? Man, it was crazy. We 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 really didn't realize what was happening until we were removed, like after the fact. When when we got back to town, we realized what we had done. We had a really good year. Obviously, we lost we lost to Ole Miss early. I mm-hmm. think it was the second game of the year. And that was kind of, you know, you hit these these roadblocks and they were, they were actually springboards when you think about it. Cause we we learned so much from the Ole Miss game and went from there to Florida, beat Florida. And then we won 20 games in a row and were, uh, were just did really well in our, our, our conference and, and stuff like that. So basketball can go so many different ways. I mean, we, we squeaked by Memphis in in the first round, beat them by one on a layup. And then we, then FDU fairly Dickinson ended up beating Purdue. So right. our path to, 
to get into the final four was, you know, looked a lot different once Purdue got knocked out. Um, so it was, it was really fun, but just going, when you're in it, you're just focused on, on the next day, the next opponent. And, but our, our players, like they believed like a hundred percent with all their hearts that, that we could win it all. And, and that's kind of, that was the the mindset of everybody. And, um, it was, it was a really, really fun thing to be a part of. I grew up in Indiana. The final four came to Indianapolis in, in 97. So I was 12 years old and, mm-hmm. and, uh, went and watched Arizona play. So that was my probably earliest memory of a final four. And so to be able to do that, uh, as a coach to take part in that was, was special. Has it changed the program now? I mean, you know, just as far as like what you, you know, how you're coaching, putting the entire thing around this year's team. I mean, it, it is. And and the funny thing, when I, just to go back to Ole Miss, you know, Ole Miss is an SEC college town. So everywhere you go, players are known by the, the fans. And so mm-hmm. when we got back from the final four, we had a bunch of dinners every night around town. We had ceremonies. It, it gave the feeling of, of being in Oxford. And, you know, just the, the buzz was, was amazing. And um, so going from there, our, our expectations are high just because we have everybody back. We lost one, one senior that graduated and then everybody that, that came back did, or everybody that was eligible to come back came back. We had no transfer. So the expectations are, are really, really high. Um, and it's been an amazing thing for our school just because we had never gotten the, the, the advertising. Nobody knew much about FAU. And so it's really put the school on the map. And we're going to the American Conference this year. We're going to be playing Memphis. It's, I think we have 20-something games on ESPN. You know, we're ranked top 10 AP right now. And uh, we're excited about it. We're playing a really hard schedule. And this is the time to do it, though, just because we have the players and we have, uh, you know, the opportunities. So we're going to we're going to take take these opportunities and hopefully we 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 do well. You were on that staff. Obviously, you mentioned with AK last couple of things. I really appreciate the time with AK and Mike and, and guys who have coached in the SEC's head coaches. Are, were you able to in the moment realize kind of everything you're picking up or did you almost have to move on your career to go, hey, that was really instrumental from a coaching standpoint and learning in in this process. Definitely. I mean, I try to take notes as much as I can, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's really funny guys do like everybody does things differently and there's not one way that works. So that's, that's the one thing I've understood and and learned in, in me being playing for Rod Barnes, then Andy Kennedy. And then I went and played in Europe for six years and there were a few coaching changes at those spots. So I probably played for eight to 10 coaches in, you know, eight years. And then being with, with, with AK, I picked up a ton from him and I played for him. So I, I really, I knew how he thought and um, just kind of knew the way he wanted things done. And, and then being with Dusty has been an awesome experience as well. So, I have taken things from from both of those guys and really every coach I've ever played for. My dad, I guess last coach that I'll shout out is 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 Big Tom. 
he he honestly taught me more than I, you could ever imagine. Um, and uh, so I, I, I've taken probably the most, the biggest impact is, is my dad in, in the way he coached me. And probably he learned it from, from, from Bobby Knight, the, the GOAT. How do you know when it's time to hang up in Europe and start coaching or whatever? What, what made that decision there at the end? It was honestly my wife's health. She got, she got sick. We had, our, our daughters were really young. Um, and we were in Latvia, in Vinceville's Latvia, my fifth year over there. My wife got a virus called the rotavirus and it wiped her stomach out. And so we ended up going the next season to Poland and she had to come home at Christmas with our, with the dot, with my daughters. She finished, I finished the season there. She was here and she just couldn't do it physically. And so it was the easiest choice for me. Um, my family or my, my basketball career. So I obviously chose the family and I wanted to get into coaching. And I told my dad, I want to see what it's like working with a a higher caliber player. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what drew me to, to college coaching. And Mike White gave me the advice as well while I was overseas. He's like, Hey, unless you're about ready to sign a million dollar contract over there, you better get over here and 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 get a foundation if you want to get into coaching because it takes time and um and so sure enough i was i was in the sec within a year after that which is just crazy that that that's not normal um so but but it was really the health of my wife that 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 caused me to to hang hoops up you got a weekend in oxford what are you looking forward to seeing what what's kind of the the, the goal or the expectation for the weekend and we're, we have no expectations. My two of my kids were born in Oxford. So mm-hmm. my oldest, uh, Ruthie was born in Oxford. And then our, our oldest son, Jack was also born in Oxford. So we, we, we honestly have, we're going to, it's going to be super laid back and low key. We're obviously going to go tonight to the, the ceremony. I'm excited to see coach Kennedy. Bam's going to be there. And I've been told coach Beard and, the whole basketball staff's going to be are. there. Yeah. So I, I can't wait to see those guys. Um, I really want to watch a, pra- a basketball practice. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out if they're going to be practicing tomorrow. It's not scouting at all. I, I have a You're just re- a junkie, Todd. I mean, like, Dude, can't I get love enough. basketball. <laughs> Coach Beard is, is honestly one of the best coaches in the game. So yeah. um, I'd love to, 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 to watch what they're doing and, um, and just get to know those guys. But I think Bottle Tree, the Square, yes. um, probably Nukes or or uh, or Obies, if the okay. if Obies is still there. Um, it is, yeah, yeah. But it's going to be a great time. And then obviously the football game on Saturday is going to be awesome. Um, so we're 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 super pumped. Cool. Well, I appreciate the time. I know you've been traveling, got a lot of stuff going on. Get that uh, get that nap, and we'll uh, we'll do it again in a little while. Sounds good, Chase. Appreciate you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. That was Chase Parham, Todd Abernathy. That was recorded uh, earlier today, late this morning. He's being inducted uh, this evening as Chase emceeing that event. So uh, I'm with you for a little while. I'll answer some mailbag questions if you want to call. I've got the uh, I've got the Campbell Clinic hotline up and ready. The number's right there, 662-426-1464. I asked for some questions. You guys delivered some questions, which is typically what happens. So um, I'll hop into some of those now. So let's see. Um, Doug Doug Goose says, why have people on this beat for years done the I have secret information that if I only I could tell you thing, especially with recruits and coaching drama for the record? I know you guys don't, but why does this business do it? Um, I'll answer this. So I think there's a lot of sites like this one that when these when this site was formed. And this site's one of those sites, too. When this site was formed, it was primarily for recruiting. You could get team stuff, uh, player stuff, other places, newspapers especially. And these sites covered recruiting, and the newspapers really didn't. The newspapers just kind of covered recruiting in a cursory way. And that's how that you, you grew sites. Uh, it's how... To be perfectly honest, it's how a lot of the people got connected to the coaches that they covered because they were covering recruiting in a different era when there was, was before social media became what social media is today. And um, I think guys got used to that and you could sell the drama. You could tease the drama. You could say, hey, I know something here. It's on the site, but you got to subscribe to get to the site, or it's going to be in, in a war room on Friday or Thursday or whatever the case may be. And that drama was a way that that uh, 
you, you maintained and you built sites. And I think there are sites now, I don't want to name names because I don't know, maybe we're doing it the wrong way. I think we have become at Rebel Grove, we've become a news outlet. Yeah, we cover recruiting, but we're more honest about recruiting, I think, with ourselves than we were. Like, look, in an ideal world, we would still have recruiting coverage the way that we did five, six, ten years ago. That just doesn't exist anymore. Uh, kids get identified much earlier. They make decisions much earlier. There's not anywhere near as much drama. Um, guys don't talk to media because there's so many blogs and websites covering now. Instead of, you know, the Ole Miss beat, for example, used to just be, you know, three or four newspaper guys and a couple of beat guys. But now you have blogs. You have, I mean, I can think of two blogs that are basically never at Ole Miss events, meaning practices or whatnot, that they're calling kids. So the kids are getting called all the time. Multiply that. So if you have 10, call, 10 people from that cover Ole Miss calling a kid and the kid's looking at 20 schools early in the process, do the math on that. There's no way that you can accommodate all of those requests. And so the kids just stop talking to media. They, they, they've, they have figured out that if they'll put enough stuff on Instagram, if they'll put enough stuff on Twitter, it will result in coverage. I mean, you see it all the time. I, I, I tell people all the time we're making a mistake when we do it, but a kid tweets out a top five and that becomes a content item on a recruiting site. So he doesn't need the media. He doesn't need the media to put out his information anymore. He puts it out himself and then the media just parrots it. So that's a lot of it. And I think you have sites where, and I, again, I'm not pointing at any individual site. You have sites where they have dedicated people to cover nothing but recruiting. And those people are now at this point having to sort of justify their existence a little bit. You know, I have people ask me all the time, why don't you cover a full-time, why don't you hire a full-time recruiting guy? And I'm like, okay, well, what would he do? What, what would he do? I, what, how, how, would that, how would that go? Well, he'd cover recruiting. Okay, but, but how? There, there, he'd go to some camps. Sure, might talk to some guys. But Ole Miss is a program that is very heavy to portal, uh, a portal dependent. They don't cover. They don't handle as much recruiting. They keep things very close to the vest. That's not a criticism. It's just a statement, an observation. They keep things close to the vest, and you're not going to get a lot of information. And then recruiting changes, and so the kids who talk are the kids who are sophomores or juniors right now. I'm not saying those aren't valid stories, but let's be serious about those stories. When a kid gets an offer as a sophomore. You have no idea. You didn't, you didn't before, but now you truly have no idea whatsoever what the portal is going to look like, what a roster is going to look like, what NIL is going to look like. The game has changed so much in this modern era. And when I say modern era, I mean 2021 forward. It is completely different today than it was then. And so now kids, they look at recruiting and, and, and they, they say, hey, I'm, 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 I'll, I'll I might sign with school X, but if it doesn't work, I'm going to fall back on school Y. So, but to, to answer your question, the question was, why do people do that? 
they like the drama. They miss the drama. Um, they they know that there's that hardcore section of the fan base that loves that drama, that feeds off of it, that misses it, that wishes it would come back. You see it every December. We'll start getting yelled at about where's the visit updates and that kind of thing. And it's we cover a program that doesn't really let that stuff out. And they're not as dependent on the portal. I mean, they're not as dependent on high school guys. A loss in recruiting just means you transition that spot to a portal spot. It's not like it was five years ago where you were dependent on high school recruiting. If you didn't win high school recruiting battles, you had no chance. It's no longer the case. And I just think there are people in our field who uh, struggle with that. They don't like to admit that. They miss the drama. They want the drama. They think the drama sells. And I think they think the drama sort of justifies them doing uh, the job the way that they do it. That's my opinion. I just think recruiting has completely changed. Uh, Tupelo Reb 99 says, on this morning's pod with Jeffrey, there was talk about contract extensions. <laughs> While you've... Say by the bell here, maybe. Prom Shrimp, promshrimp.com. Seven different flavors available for you. Everything from New Orleans-style barbecue to their uh, signature great garlic flavor there with Prom Shrimp. Tons of options. You can get a bunch of your favorites, or you can try a bunch of samples. Kind of like their full meals in a bag. they got the garlic herb butter, the French Quarter Alfredo, the little pepper on that thing, and it is uh, fantastic. It's great for lunch, protein snacks, or dinner. With everybody being so busy, use code RG with promshrimp.com. You get five pouches or more at 25% off. Again, that's code RG, promshrimp.com. We're brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle based in uh, Madison, Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, actually now. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. Uh, Investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research at Pinnacle. To learn more, go to mypinwealth.com. M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. That's our sphere. We're also brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If uh, you want a trip that creates a lifetime of unique memories, get in touch with John. He, he's uh, just give him some parameters, give him a budget. He's going to give you options that you're going to have a difficult time finding on your own, especially if you're planning a trip that's kind of ahead of time. You want to make sure that it's it's good. Do that. Uh, you don't have to live in or in Memphis to take advantage of his services either. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square. OPA is a perfect place to plan your company dinner, your festive party event, your Christmas party. Fabulous food, great craft libations. They can accommodate up to 200 guests for catering or booking information. Contact Jeannie, 601-421-7147. And we're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency, connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, they can help you. If you're looking for quality, hard-to-find talent, they can help you too. It's always free for the candidate and payment of service for a company solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send. In other words, you've got nothing to lose. So give Will, Sidney, or Kelsey a call at 662 832 5138 or check out the new and improved website service specialist ltd.com and get the beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile. 
using conservative state-of-the-art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long-lasting smile from routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and Invisalign. Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your smile goals. Schedule your appointment today. Take the first step toward a better version of yourself at CorinthDental.com. Podcast is brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. Basketball season tickets, they both start on Monday. They are uh, for sale now. Women's tickets as cheap as $50. Men's tickets available also. And then uh, baseball renewals, ticket purchases for the uh, season beginning in February. It is uh, on, those are on sale also. And then they got the Tad Pad game. It's the Friday before ULM. It's not on TV. It's not being streamed. You have to be in attendance to see the uh, the game. You can get tickets for that. I think all the VIP stuff is sold out, but tickets still available for that. OleMissTicks.com. Hey, welcome in. Who's this? Hey, who's this? Hey, Neil. This is Mark from Tupelo. Um, I'll be very brief. Love what you and Chase do. Love listening to y'all every single day. You have been incredibly humble, in my opinion, not my forte, about making comments like, I don't know Blaine Kiffin. I, 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 don't, I don't know him. I'm not friends with him, et cetera. Yeah. This may be the dumbest question you've ever had, but as somebody who knows nothing about sports media, I'm curious because I would love, I'm intrigued by him. I would love to know more of his insights. Is there any opportunity for you or Chase to reach out to someone with the Ole Miss athletics and try to get a 30-minute lunch with him? <laughs> Tell him that you're not going to bring your pad or your recorder. Is that so dumb? Like I, I would love to know his insights, and I think that would help you guys in formulating some perhaps some background, but is that just something that doesn't happen? I'm going to hang up and listen, but I, I wish that y'all had that opportunity because I would love to know more about his psyche. So I'll hang up and thank you again for all that y'all do. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I mean, we could. We could reach out and do that. Um, it's not really something that gets done a lot. It there, There's, look, I've covered people that I knew personally, obviously. Um, it's been documented. Um, I think it's obvious that Chase has some personal connections on the baseball staff. That that those people are not just people that he covers, but that you know. Um, I, mean, I think it's no, it's no secret that he and Carl Lafferty, for example, are friends. Um, Andy Kennedy was a friend, is still a friend. Um, I, I knew I've, I've known other people that weren't friends, but I knew them on some degree of a personal level. I, I just don't think that's who Lane is. Um, and, and coaches are pretty wary of stuff like that. They're, they're not really going to let their guard down with media. Um, you know, when I say that about lane, it's not a criticism of lane or anything of the way he does things. People will ask questions about, you know, what do you think he thinks about this? And, and the honest answer is, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know him, um, in any personal level. Now he's been nothing but respectful to me. He's treated me with, uh, fairness and he's been professional and I'd like to think that I've returned the favor in all three of those regards, but I don't think Lane knows anything about me personally. I don't. I, I doubt he cares, um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Just we don't. He doesn't. There's. He's a really private person. 
Um, I don't think he's super comfortable in those sort of settings. I've heard that from a lot of people. So I, I don't think that's something that, that he would want to do. And that would be me or Chase putting him in an awkward position for really no purpose. I mean, I, I think I sort of understand his, his psyche as it pertains to that. I, I do know a couple of people who know him well and, uh, ironically, one of those people was like, Hey, you remind me a lot of him. And I, I laughed at that because I, I'm, I don't, I, I don't, I'm the same way he is. Like, I think the people that would sit down with him for 30 minutes and want to talk football, I, I think that's the last thing he would want. I think when he gets, when he gets away from his work, I think he's away from work. I don't think he wants to talk about football. Um, I, and I, I get that when I get away from work, I don't want to talk about work. So I understand that. I don't. I don't think he's super comfortable with his celebrity in town and things like that. I think it's one of the reasons he's pretty private. But no, I mean, there's just different guys are different ways, and and that's the way he is. And uh, you know, when it, I have people all the time going, "How come you don't get him on the podcast?" And it's 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 a failure to understand that Lane is one of the handful of people that in his business that is so relevant from a social media standpoint so relevant from a clicks standpoint that um he's he can get he can be on the dan patrick show he can be on uh, the pat mcafee show he, he can be on those shows really at the at the drop of a hat if let, watch if, if Ole miss wins on saturday against texas a&m you will see this next week uh Ole miss and georgia will obviously assuming Assuming a Georgia win, Ole Miss and Georgia will be just a huge national game next week, and you'll see Lane on all the national shows. And so if you can get the the type of exposure that you can on those shows where you reach hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, there's no reason to do local media when you're already talking to local media twice a week. Hey, who do we, who do we have? Hey, you're hey, on. Hey, Neil, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Who's this? This is Davis. Hey, Davis. Um, I was appreciate what all all you and uh chase do um love y'all's work thank you i um uh on the podcast a couple days ago you were kind of doing a deep dive into just some old kind of baseball knowledge that you have have you played the immaculate grid <laughs> i have not played have it. have you heard of that yeah i've heard of it i've watched some of the the beat writers uh play it um, in the when we're like waiting for football interviews and stuff to start, but I I have not done it. Okay, well, there's a good one um, recently. If you want to try to get a couple of the boxes, I couldn't get. If we have a couple minutes, uh, yeah, sure. Okay, forty plus WAR career and forty plus home run season. Oh. 40 plus war career and a 40 plus home run season. Um, Babe Ruth. Mickey, Ma- yep. Mickey, Mickey Mantle. Babe Ruth. I'm sure Mickey Mantle's one too. Um, okay. We'll do one more. All right. How about hall of fame and 2000 plus hits in career hall of fame and 2000 plus hits in a career probably a bunch of guys um 
I mean, George Brett. Yeah, that one's kind of easy. I loved George Brett when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I, loved think, you would, I think you would crush this one. So if you want to finish it off, it's, uh, it's the one from October 28th. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. I've, I've been doing it every morning, and it's kind of fun. Okay. I don't know as much as, as you do, though, I don't think. Well, I grew up in a time when baseball was was if it was it was probably the king. It was it was it was huge. Major League Baseball when when you were a a kid in North Louisiana in the seventies and eighties, Major League Baseball was just massive. It was so big, and it, I, I that's what I remember. I remember like looking forward to Monday Night Baseball in the summers because you know that that was there were only two games on each week. There was the NBC game of the week, and there was Monday Night Baseball, and so you saw. You didn't really see anybody but the good teams, and the good teams were just superheroes in 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 your eyes, and that you know, and you collected the baseball cards and all that stuff. It was just a different era. I mean, I tell my son about it, and he just looks at me like I've got a cobra coming out of my my forehead. I mean, he like it just he can't relate. It's totally totally different to the the world that he's growing up in. Yeah, I kind of wish I grew up in that time. I'm I'm 29, and I'm I'm sort of an anomaly, I would say. I, I mean, I played baseball in high school, big baseball fan. Actually, a big Rangers fan, so that was uh, pretty awesome last night watching that I bet. come to fruition. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like I live in Memphis now, but I feel like none of my friends really watch baseball or care about baseball, you know, especially when you live in a town that doesn't have a team. But, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I feel like the rule changes that they've made have been great. But I do, too. It would be nice if they could get more people involved especially young people yeah i'm 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 hopeful and i i know this I mean, people are going to assume that i mean this about the cubs i don't necessarily i mean i'd love it if he ends up with the cubs but i'm i'm hopeful that uh otani soto some of these i i think really fun young players that are really charismatic i'm hoping they end up in in different time zones eastern central time zones where more young people see them when those guys are all playing yeah. out west night after night young people don't see them you know and and so if you don't see someone you don't you don't really identify you don't get it and then look the nfl's done such a great job of marketing and and now you have you know, all the nba guys that are such first name basis for young people and i'm talking about high school kids junior high school kids they know all the nba guys i mean they know them like on a first name basis they know their their nicknames and then you know, now they you you have to compete with the English Premier League, and you have to com- you have to compete with a lot. And I just think baseball's done a really bad job of marketing to young people and uh, the sport. But I thought they did a really good job this year with speeding up the game. And um, you know, the postseason was kind of fun. I mean, Texas was a fun story, and Arizona was a fun story, and the Phillies were a fun story while they were going. And so maybe maybe they gained some traction, but. I'm going to guess that the Texas yeah. Arizona ratings are not particularly good, so they're going to look back on that. And I'm sure they've they've got to hope that Otani ends up a Red Sox or something like that. They've 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 got to get some of those guys on in markets where they young people see them before they go to bed at night. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, yeah, I just wanted to uh, see what you thought about the Immaculate Grid. It's it's kind of fun. So, but I know the people listening probably are tired of uh, hearing about. MLB two days, a couple days before the A&M game, so I'll let you get back on it. But so far, what you've said about A&M is kind of scaring me a little bit because I'm kind of you know more the optimistic fan, and 
think it's we're going to win. And I think you're going to win too. They're but nasty, uh, they, they're nasty. They're good. They're really good on defense. Uh, they've got some really good players. Their receivers are scary. Anaya Smith in the return game is scary. Um, they're they're a talented team. Yeah, they I mean, they've got dudes, and it'll be. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. I think it's going to be a fun game. I think Ole Miss is going to win, but I think it's going to be a little uh, a little bit of a nail biter. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it, Neil. Thank yes, sir. You. Thank you for the call. A um, couple of questions in the thread. I'll get back to the others in a minute. Um, what's my favorite, personal favorite Ole Miss football jersey combination? Um, I, I, I really like their powder blue jersey. I like the powder blue with the white pant. If it were me, I would add a stripe to the pant or two stripes to the pant. I don't not crazy about just the white pant with the red Nike swoosh, but I don't, I don't hate it. Um, I'm guessing from the hints that they're wearing the, the real tree helmet this weekend, which I think is really cool. Uh, and I don't just say that cause they're a sponsor. I, th- I think the helmet's badass. Um, other than that one, uh, I'm not a big gray pant fan in general. I don't hate them, but I don't, they're not my favorite thing. I don't mind them when they wear them with the red top and the Navy helmet. I, I'm not crazy about the different blues, the dark blue and the powder blue when they mix them in. But I like, um, I think Ole Miss has cool uniforms. I think they have some of the best uniforms in the league. Uh, I like the all whites on the road. I think that looks really good with the powder helmet. I like that a lot. Um, I think they have really good uniforms. I actually think this will be a really good uniform day. I know this is not a particularly popular take, but I think Texas A&M's road uniform is really sharp. Um, the, the all white with the maroon helmet. I think it's a really good, it's a really good uniform. Really around the SEC, there's a lot of good uniforms. Like the the Auburn game was a really good uniform. Auburn has good uniforms. I prefer Auburn's road uniform, but their home uniform is pretty sharp too. And you'll get, we'll get the uh, we'll get the Alabama LSU game this weekend, which is great uniforms. That's a great uniform game. God, that game looks good on TV when they play each other. Um, who's my favorite baseball player of all time? Um, let's see. I'll be quick. When I was little, it was I loved George Brett. Loved George Brett when he played for the Royals early eighties. Uh before that, um I I liked um I liked Reggie Jackson. I liked uh Dave Winfield. I liked um at one point, I really liked Steve Garvey, and then he broke my heart in 1984, and I hated him after that. Uh, when he was a Dodger in the late, late 70s, the Dodgers-Yankees rivalry when I was a kid in the late 70s was just ma- it was massive. You, you, you couldn't miss it. I, I loved it, and I, I would always cheer, for the, always cheer for the Dodgers for some reason. So I liked a lot of the Dodgers, Davey Lopes and Bill Russell and Rick Monday and uh, all those guys, and then yet yeah, I kind of liked the Yankees too because I liked Bucky Dent and Willie Randolph and all those. It was just fun. Those, those are memories that I have of staying up and I'd turn the TV all the way down in my room and keep it super quiet so I could watch the rest of the World Series game without getting in trouble. I'm sure my parents knew that I was actually watching and they just let me, but I kept it really quiet and I couldn't make any sounds. And that was uh, that was fun. That was stuff that I remember. Um, and I remember like. The Orioles, uh, Orioles, Pirate series in 1979. I was a big, 
I was cheering for the Orioles and the Pirates were really good with Dave Parker and um, Willie Stargell and Omar Morales and Tim Foley and Kent DeColvey. I don't know how I remember all those guys. The 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 Orioles had a center fielder named Al Bumbry that I, I really liked. I had a, I would collect his baseball cards. And so I liked I liked the Orioles. They had Ken Singleton and um all those guys and they they lost in game seven. I remember that. I remember watching that game. I was just really into baseball. It was the sport that I I really loved and and probably and then in probably in the mid early eighties, my favorite player became Ryan Sandberg and he's probably over the course of my life. He's probably my favorite player. I, I, I wore number 23 whenever I could just because of Sandberg. He was, I was 14 the year that he won the MVP and, and that was, you know, that's, that's kind of when fandom is shaped. And I was a big Cubs fan to the point of, I've said this before, I, to the point where I really didn't have a lot of emotional capacity for much of anything else. So I was, I was real into, um, real into into baseball and i guess in many ways i still am um i i, I love major league baseball I sort of mark time with baseball in the summer um let's see back to the questions uh yeah I, I probably need to stay out of the contract conversation has there ever been momentum towards another beat or another school that i almost accepted um no um been a couple of things that i've talked to people about my first year here, I almost um, I almost took a job in a different place right away. Um, even before before my family had left Mobile to join me here, I, I got it. I got a job offer that I almost took. I, I I didn't I didn't think this was going to work, and I was kind of in panic mode and almost took that because it was going to be back to more traditional media. But I ultimately didn't do it. Hey, who do we have? Hey, you're on. Hey, Neil, it's Austin. Hey, Austin, what's up? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm glad you are. Well, hey, listen, I won't keep you long. I just, you know, I love talking about baseball, but before I do, just wanted to say thanks again for all you and Chase do. Really appreciate how you guys cover my school. Really appreciate it. Appreciate so, it. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you. On that note, so you guys, and, and you, you might have to uh, – catch up my memory here so was it this morning that you guys were talking about the padres having to take a loan out to pay payroll yeah is that correct that's correct okay so i kind of have a twofold question with that and again i'm this is just kind of speculation so number one have you ever heard of a franchise having to do that ever and number two do you think that this is all media tv related with valley sports maybe going up i'm, I'm just i'm curious about that Podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark NESPRC. Service people across rural communities. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's NESpark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, point controls, network security, and much more. So to get the best internet in Lafayette County, 662-238-3159. Are you a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur looking to diversify either way andy ludicky can help he owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their american dream through a very thorough and free consultation process so call andy put your life and your career in your own hands it's 100 percent free you've got nothing to lose find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net or contact andy at andy at myperfectfranchise.net 
or 404-973-9901. Southern Traditions Farm is a 68-acre, 32-stall upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails, so much offered at Southern Traditions, including horseback riding offerings, uh, from beginner lessons to advanced to competing at nationally recognized competitions. It's also a great venue for uh, corporate outings, events, that type of thing. So get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. I'll be uh, taping Pete's Pigskin Preview this evening, getting you ready for uh, Texas A&M at Ole Miss. That's brought to you by Riverland Roofing. Would you like some peace of mind knowing that your roof is taken care of, whether you need an inspection, a new roof, or a maintenance program Riverland Roofing has you covered, home or business. As a GAF Master Elite contractor, they can offer warranties that last a lifetime. Licensed and insured, Riverland services Mississippi and its surrounding states. So text or call Riverland today at 662-644-4297. And are you ready for the ultimate college experience? Welcome to College Town Oxford, your new home away from home. They know you want the best. That's exactly what they offer. No more Long commutes or missing out on campus events at Ole Miss, College Town Oxford's right next door to the Ole Miss campus, offering two, three, four, and five bedroom cottages, each with individual leases because they believe in flexibility and simplicity. So don't break up the gang. Grab your friends, pick out your favorite floor plan, reserve it today at collegetownoxford.com. College Town Oxford, this must be the place. Text their VIP list today to be the first to know when their leasing for fall 2024 is open. 662-300-3733. We're into November, and Heavenly Sunshine has Christmas on their mind. They're excited to announce holiday lights by Heavenly Sunshine. Christmas lights are beautiful. They can be a lot of work, so let them take care of the hassle and do the work for you with a full-service installation plan. They install, take down, and store the lights, commercial-grade LEDs, they're 100% customizable to your home or business. They take care of the lights, might take care of the gifts. Free estimate for um, <clears throat> the end of the month. Mention MPW 10 for 10% off. Heavenly Sunshine's been serving the Mid-South for four decades. Full-service commercial and residential property maintenance, including power washing, soft wash roof cleaning, facade cleaning, and window cleaning. That's HeavenlySunshine.com, 662-342-1203. Yeah, I've ha- I have heard of it happening before where baseball had to bail out a team, and I'm trying to remember who it was. I want to say Oakland, but then then as soon as I say that, I'm like, no, that's not right. But somebody, uh, they, they, ran into, they ran into problems, and baseball had to kind of bail them out. Um, and yes, this is – it's definitely TV rights related. Um, there's, there's just a change coming in the way – and baseball's dealing with it. I, I don't think baseball's going to get the next big, massive TV contract that they've always gotten. And these regional sports networks are going belly up. They're, they're, not, they're not doing as well as they thought they would do, and um, they can't maintain the contracts. And so like, I think baseball might, Major League Baseball might end up having the broadcast rights for like 14, 15 teams within the next year or two which is an incredible number, um, and they've got to figure it out. They've got to figure out how, how, you, get a, how, how you get eyeballs. And, and, you know, that's what we were kind of talking about is, and, and I'm not an expert on this. I need to become one because this is going to become a really big story in our field um, with, with sports. It's not really with college sports because college sports to this date are not having any trouble at all at getting the big TV contract. But 
baseball's a regional sport. You know, I mean, like for the most part now, they 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 don't. There aren't many teams that resonate nationally. Most most people who are Braves fans, and the Braves aren't a good example. Let me take them out. Most people who are Pirates fans live in or around Pittsburgh. Um, most people who are Milwaukee fans live in Wisconsin. Um, those are local teams that, that have a regional following. They don't really have national followings. They don't get big national numbers. So you've got to really maximize your regional and local market, and they're having a hard time doing that at the levels that are required to fund their payrolls and fund their 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 stadiums and all of the things that that are, are required for them to do it. And um, yeah, I mean, you see that happening in San Diego. It's just it's not a massive media market. The Chargers left. Um, there's no NBA team there. There's no NHL team there. It's just the Padres. It's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful park, but they couldn't meet payroll. They had a skyrocketing payroll. I mean, they had so many big names on that on that deal, and they're going to have to accept that they're small market, and they're going to have to pare a lot of payroll down, which is probably not uh, what their fans want to hear because they had a you know star studded team with you know Machado and Soto and and Xander Bogarts and all those guys, but they didn't win. And it it didn't work, and they're going to have to tear it down and, and get cheaper. Otherwise, they're not going to be they they're they're living above their means. And I know you're up against time, so I won't keep you for much longer. I just I did kind of want to ask this to go along with the point you just you're a Cubs fan, and I'm a Braves fan. And I remember growing up as a kid watching Braves baseball with my grandfather on TBS or WTBS. Mm-hmm. And you probably remember watching the Cubs on WGN. Yeah, I remember both of those things. And those were those were the two stations that that was when it, it all changed, right? That was the first time that suddenly I could see, I could watch a team every day. I could watch the Braves basically every day. I could watch the Cubs basically every day. It was the first, it was the first time. It's why those two fan bases boomed in the, what was that, the really early 80s? believe so yeah about the 90s 80s somewhere in there it was definitely 80s because i could watch i could watch the cubs every day starting and i mean i remember like as early as 81 and you know you saw those braves teams with like dale murphy and caudell washington and all those guys i mean those were household names because you could watch them every day I remember guys like Phil Necro and guys like that. Sure. And, you know, I remember hearing stories. My grandpa would tell me about these, about this. And I, I was just too young to ever really catch on to that era of baseball. And, you know, by the time that I was really old enough to pay attention, you know, those, those networks kind of stopped carrying, carrying the teams they'd always carried. So yeah. this has been kind of a weird thing. Uh, you know, I just really, I really appreciate you answering that because I was so, taken aback by that i had like never heard about that happening before i really appreciate that well thank you for the call i appreciate it thank you man have a good weekend you too yeah hayden says he's pretty sure it was the a's i'm pretty sure it was the a's too but for some reason i've got this nagging thought in my mind that that's not right but it, it, it probably is if that's what you think as well um let's say we let's see uh reb in brooklyn says let's say we do pull off 11 and one what would kiffin and his staff pool salary bump to um i mean they'd get raises i would assume he just got a massive raise i don't i don't know how many times you can go back to the well on that um he's he's worth it at this point i mean 11 and one would be 
it's the monumental season. There's a question coming up, and I'll, I'll I, I'm I'm not ready to do eleven and one. Let's let's see them get to uh, let's see them win Saturday, and then we'll kind of move into next week. Next week would be a just a monumental week, massive week, free shot. He says, it's my belief that this level of success pays for itself and coaches like Saban ultimately are underpaid based on economic impact. Uh, yeah, I agree, I agree with that. The only thing I will say is that I do think there comes a point, though, where you, you've kind of done all you can do. And I don't know what, how much further Ole Miss can go or should go or whatever, but like you're already seeing this a little bit at some places where – yeah, it's it's probably worth it, but at some point you it you're because of the way athletic departments are structured. If you continue to pay and pay and pay and pay in one sport, you have to sacrifice in a lot of others, which is a sacrifice most people are willing to make, and it makes sense to make. But just it has to start getting understood a little bit. Like you can't invest in say soccer or track and field the way that maybe fans want you to, because all the money is going into another sport. Hey, who do we have? Hey, this is Thomas. Um, first time caller. Thanks, Big Thomas. Order of um, you work. So this game Saturday is, you know, starting made me a bit nervous. You know, yeah. I feel like lots of fans are picking this in as a W, talking about the matchup in Athens next week. You know, moving ahead for that. And you know, I noticed the line came down real fast from five to three. It seems like all the sharp money's on A and M. It's well documented. They got the D line. They got dudes everywhere. So, I don't know. I just wanted to – it feels like a weird spot Saturday, the 11 a.m. and all that. I don't know. I'm, I'm more of the pessimistic type. I just wanted to hear your thoughts. Um, I think the number went down because when it started out at five and a half, that was a big number. I, I think it feels like if you watch these two teams, it feels like a three, four-point game. Um, so, when it came in early at five and a half and it fell immediately, it was because, yeah, the Sharps, there was some, some – the early money went on A&M because the, they felt that number was too big. It has stabilized at three, three and a half, because I think that's probably right. Look, A&M's good. A&M has played, a, uh, the, if you look at the three games that they lost, they lost at Miami. It was a weird game. A lot of Ole Miss fans probably didn't see it because they were watching Tulane Ole Miss at the exact same time, which is perfectly understandable. But I, I had, you know, Chase went to New Orleans. I was here. I was watching Ole Miss on this TV, and I was watching Texas A&M on that one. And... That was a weird game. A&M was in it. It was back and forth. And then A&M made some kind of dumb mistakes. And Miami played well. And Miami won the game. And we did that deal where, okay, well, they lost. They're done. Well, it really was a little little premature. They they had opportunities against Alabama. And, and they did not play a good second half against Alabama. And that doesn't work, as Ole Miss knows. You, you have to play a full game to beat the Tide. And they didn't. And then, you know, and then they lost in Knoxville. and. I mean, a lot of teams lose in Knoxville. It's hard to win in Knoxville, mm-hmm. you know. So, right. yeah, they're five and three, and they've underachieved. I think they're more talented than that. But there's a, here's a couple things that I, I'll say that I, if you're an Ole Miss fan, I think th- these should encourage you. Assuming that Ole Miss plays a good game, like Ole Miss has to play well to beat to beat um, Texas A&M. Period. Um, I agree. But I agree. but if Ole Miss plays well. Texas A&M has lost eight straight true road games. Eight straight. That's 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 not a blip. That's a trend. Uh, Texas A&M has not scored an offensive touchdown in the second half since September the 23rd against Auburn. In other words, they were shut out by Arkansas. 
They were shut out by um, Alabama. They were shut out by Tennessee. And they were shut out by South Carolina in the second half mm-hmm. offensively. That's 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 not a blip either. That's that's a trend. Uh, it tells me that Bobby Petrino is running Jimbo Fisher's offense. If you uh, if you listen to the show or watch the show tonight, that I've I've got uh, ready to go with um, two of the Texags guys, in addition to David Eckert and Ben Mintz, you'll hear those guys talk about it. There, there's this is. There was a lot of talk in the offseason. Turns out that talk was legitimate. You know, would Jimbo Fisher truly hand over the reins to Bobby Petrino? And I think it's pretty obvious based on their play calling that he has not done that. And at the end of the day, Jimbo's the boss. I mean, he's he he tells people, you know, here's what we're here's what we're doing in the same way that Lane Kiffin runs the Ole Miss program. I mean, you know, Charlie Weiss doesn't get to go be a renegade. I mean, it's it's Kiffin's program and it's Jimbo Fisher's program. And right. and um I think it's pretty obvious that they they have some issues there. They're not great up front on offense. Everybody talks about Texas A&M's defensive line and their propensity to get to the quarterback, and it's legit. But they only have three more sacks than Ole Miss does. So Ole Miss right. is getting to the quarterback as well. And look, this game's in Oxford. Uh, I know everybody talks about it being a day game. It's fine. It, Vault, Vault Hemingway is going to be very loud. The crowd's going to work in Ole Miss's favor. And Ole Miss has been very, very good at home under Lane Kiffin. Especially starting in 2021, mm-hmm. what have they lost twice? They lost Alabama in 20, like 21 or something, or 19 and something like that. Yeah, they lost Alabama. Pretty good. Yeah, they, they lost Alabama and Mississippi State at home last year. Uh, that was it. Uh, the last uh, before right. that, they went undefeated at home in in 2021, undefeated if I recall. And, that. Yeah. yeah, and they're undefeated at home mm-hmm. this year. So you know, I mean, home field's been a been an advantage for Ole Miss since Kiffin's been um, in Oxford. So I, I think all of those signs point toward Ole Miss but yeah I mean look here's the good news too I know I know people get worried about what fans think and what happens on message boards and stuff none of that stuff matters there I promise you inside that building they're focused on Texas A&M it's just you know early in the season I'm not going to keep you any much longer but early in the season it was you know I, I was hearing about how A&M's defense was letting them down how they just had guys everywhere and seemed, I don't really know when the when when it kind of flipped but i mean all i hear about now is their d-line and walter nolan and all those guys but um yeah you did make a good point i mean old miss's defensive line is you said three less sacks than them on the whole season I mean, yeah i don't know it just feels like a weird spot everyone's kind of the the whole everyone's talking about george on the 11 and one thing and i mean i've been an old miss fan too long to even consider that but um so i don't know yeah, I mean, uh, I, I get it. Call, it yeah, I get it. It, it is a and it, it is a weird spot. But here's why: because you're winning. When you're winning, the more right. you win, the stakes get higher. The a, a, a loss would a loss would hurt more than you know. Like if you're if you were going into this game five and three, and you lost, you'd go, oh well, you know, yeah, we saw it, blah blah blah. You do all that stuff, but you're seven and one, and a win sets up a free shot, and a win. Even if you lose to Georgia, you're in the mix to get a, a, a access bowl, which is a big deal. You're in the mix to get 10 wins, regular season wins for the second time in three years, which is a really big deal. Um, you're, you would wake up on Sunday still, no matter what happens in Tuscaloosa with LSU and Alabama, you'd still be in the SEC West hunt at least to a degree. I think you. I think if you win, right. if, I think if you win on Saturday, you you got to cheer for LSU Saturday night. You you need the Tigers to beat Alabama because 
they're, 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 that's if if your if your goal is to win the West and get to Atlanta, Alabama's got to get beat here pretty soon. Um, but you well, you'd be in, it, you'd no. be in all of those conversations. You'd you'd be on the periphery at least of the playoff conversation. It would it would make next week a lot of fun. On the flip side, a loss to Texas A and M and a lot of that stuff kind of goes away. And you know you'd still be in position to have a great season, but you know it'd be it it would it it it'd be a little sobering. It'd be a little it 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 hurt a little bit for a you know for a fan base if you lose on Saturday. And so that's but that's part of what happens when you win. The more you win. The bigger the games get, the bigger the games get, the harder the, it, it, the more it sucks to lose them. Well, I think the SC West, one of the SC West things kind of, I think that ship's kind of sailed because if LSU, we would have, obviously, we'd have to win out. And then you got, if LSU beats Alabama, then it's like the SEC East thing, you know, where they have yeah. to like the tiebreaker deal and Ole Miss that doesn't favor them because they've got Vanderbilt. So I don't know. I, one more question. I, I I've been thinking, so like, I, you know, I kind of peep these bowl projections every now and then, and I was thinking if Ole Miss went ten and two, is there even a chance like we get screwed and get Citrus Bowl, or is it? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of looking at the landscape, trying to figure that out. Like, you know, I really haven't. I mean, I, I guess it's possible. I haven't really looked at it closely enough yet because it just feels a little premature. But, um, right, right. you know, I mean, I think. I guess there's a chance, but I'd have a hard time believing that at ten and two, given that the next, if in that scenario the other loss was at Georgia, who's number two in the CFP right now, it would be on the road. Your two losses would be Bama and Georgia, both on the road. Your your ranking would be such that I think you'd be locked into the into the playoff. I agree with you. Um, well, uh, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thanks for the call. All right. I'm uh, I'm not stalling here for a minute, but I'm literally moving some content back because I just looked at the clock and it's already five oh seven, and I've got shows planned. So I'm just going to move everything back thirty minutes and bias just a little bit of time so I can answer more of your uh, more of your questions. So I'm moving the butcher versus the dance instructor presented by LB's Meat Market to six. I'm moving. Um, Pete Deweese's show, Pete's Pigskin Preview, presented by Riverland. I'm moving it to 6.45. Hang with me, caller, real quick. I need to I need to do this. And then, uh, let's see, 6.45. And then I'm going to move the OEP extra to 7.45. Uh, hey, caller, who do we have? Hey, it's Andrew. Um, so... I'm barely. I didn't grow up an Ole Miss fan. I didn't well, didn't become an Ole Miss fan until I went to college there in 2016. Um, and I may be off here, but for me personally, I think I would rather not go to Atlanta. Long term speaking, if we're, if we go through these two weeks, we beat Georgia. I would rather not go to Atlanta and have to play Georgia again. Because it's going to be tough to beat Georgia twice. Well, I mean, sure, sure but I just, you want to play for championships, right? I mean, you got an opportunity to play for, for the sure. cha- you have an opportunity to play for the championship. You want to play for the championship. That's my opinion. Because at eleven and one, and look, this eleven and one thing is just so premature that I hate even doing it. But at because ele- it, it's just it's but at eleven and one, 
at not a conference champion, you're probably not getting in. You'd have to have a lot. You'd have to have a lot, yeah. a lot of help, as opposed to if you went to Atlanta and won, you would need no help. You'd be in. You would control your own destiny. I think anytime you can control your own destiny, that's what you want. You don't want to be dependent on somebody beating Oregon again, or the Big Ten making a decision about Michigan, or Ohio State beating Michigan, or somebody beating Florida State, or. Uh, Hey, really need Oklahoma to lose another game or whatever the case may be. You don't want all that. You, you, if you, because if you can beat a team once, you can beat them twice. In, in that scenario, I mean, you know, and and then look, you guys as a fan base, you want to go to Atlanta. You want to play in that game. I've covered that game a bunch of times. It's a cool game. It's a it's a neat event. You want to be a part of it. You want to get, and you also want that stigma off that you've never been you're the one team in the or the one of the two teams in the west that haven't been or whatever i mean whatever the i think everybody in the west except except Ole Miss and A&M have been you want to go you 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 want to you want to eliminate that you want to play for a title yeah i mean i don't know maybe maybe it's because i'm fairly new as a fan and that stigma just that i would rather go to the college football playoff than go to Atlanta but i see what you're saying about Rather needing the, not wanting to need the help. Yeah, if that you go, reasoning makes if sense. If you win, in, if you win in Atlanta, you won't need any help. You'll be in. Uh, for, for sure, that makes sense. Um, well, and you want, and you want to, and you want to put that, and you want to put that banner in your stadium at some point. SEC champs. You want to put that banner in your stadium. You yeah. Want, you want to put that trophy in your in your in your foyer. You you want you want recruits to see that trophy. You want recruits to see that banner. It's a game. You want to win. I mean, well, who was the coach that said we came to win the game? You 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 play to win the game. You don't play to get help. You play to win the game. That's oh, fair. So, I mean, yeah. I guarantee, I promise you this: if you ask all eighty-five kids in that building, they want to go to Atlanta. Oh, for sure. You know, I so, don't discredit that. Yeah. Yeah. So try to win the game. Yep. Awesome. Well, that's all I had. I just wanted, wanted to ask about that stigma and um, what that looked like. Okay. I appreciate the call. Thanks, Neil. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Grind says fan day before SEC championship is a lot of fun. It is. It's cool. It's a lot of fun. It's a it's a really cool event. That game that game's neat. Um, that game feels like a big time game when you when you're in it. I've covered I don't know eight, nine, ten of them. They're it's cool. It's it's really fun. The the league does a great job with it. It feels like a really big event because it is it is a really big event. It's hard to get to that game. And so when you're in it, you have a chance to go to it. You want to. Hey, who do we have? Hey, you're Rodney, on. Listen, Rodney. Hey, Rodney. What's up, man? Uh, I'm thinking this week, I, I just don't know. I can't get a good hold on, on this game this week, Neil. Uh, this is a game I'm more worried about. I'm not worried about the Georgia game because we'll probably lose that game. But 
we need to get this win to get us just to stay on schedule, I believe. But if we can block, get a little bit of blocking, I just don't know if we can run the ball like we did a couple of years ago. Who was that that had a really good Ailey? We need another good game like that from one of our running backs. To, I think to give us a chance. Yeah, Ely, don't you think that? I mean, I mean, I I just think you have to have a balanced offensive attack against these guys. You 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 can't. You can't just depend on the running game. You got to be able to throw it. You've got to keep them off balance. You got to have play action. Um, I, I think I think Dart has to have a good game with his feet. Um, I think Judkins has to have a big game. Uh, the only team you I heard if I heard you right the other day, Tennessee's the only team that ran ran on these bunch. Uh, that might have been Miami ran. That might have been Jeffrey. I don't. I don't. I've got their numbers here somewhere, but it's 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 actually it's in my bag across the way, so I don't I don't have that in front of me. Um, okay, but look, Ole Miss can run the ball in Texas A and M. You you got to be balanced. Ole Miss has to, here's the deal. Ole Miss has to play well. Period. Ole Miss has to play well. Yeah. And that, that's and and you know I mean you, when you play one of the better teams in the league, you have to play well. And and frankly, in this league, um. There just aren't that many really bad teams. I know we make jokes about teams suck and this, that, and the other. They they, they really don't suck. Auburn Auburn doesn't suck. You know, I mean, you had to play well to beat them, and, and Ole Miss did. They they put it together and played a really wow. strong second half and and got a win. You know, I mean, Ole Miss had to play well to beat Arkansas. Ole Miss Ole Miss had to play had to yeah. play well to beat Georgia Tech. I mean, it's just college football today. You have to play well to win. And if Ole Miss yeah. if Ole Miss plays well, the crowd's going to be into it. Uh, A&M again. A&M's lost eight straight road games. A&M hasn't scored an offensive touchdown in the second half since September the 23rd. There's A&M's good. Let's not make a but A&M's not world beaters. A&M's not LSU. LSU's better than A&M. Alabama's better than A&M. You've played better teams. This is a this is a a, a w- very winnable game for Ole Miss. It, the way Kiffin talked the other day gave me some confidence. So he must really feel good about this. Yeah, I, I, I don't. He's talking. We talked about this this morning a little bit. I mean, I, I'm just, I, I, I think Lane does this thing publicly, and it's just whatever. And I, I'm not, I'm not convinced that it. I'm not convinced that it matters to his team. I, I, I don't think his team pays a lot of attention to it. I think this team's going to be focused. They're going to be ready to play. This is a mature, older team. Yeah, Lane was throwing a lot of shade at Jimbo Fisher. No question about it. They don't like each other. That's not, no. a, that's not a secret. But listen, inside that building over there, and that's all that really matters, inside that building over there, they're, 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 they're very, this is a mature team, a very focused team, a very resilient team, a very mentally tough team. I don't think all that stuff just suddenly goes away. I really don't. Oh, uh, now I don't know. As far as the Georgia game, I, I, I just I'm like you. It's like a free shot. I don't expect to win that game at all. I think Georgia's starting to really play well now. Yeah, I mean, they've, and I think they're going with Missouri pretty good. They've won 25 straight games. I mean, I mean, they've won 41 of their last I mean, 40. To play. Yeah, and they're playing really well. But I mean, look, look, they've won. 41 of their last 42 games <laughs> including ah. including two national championships. I mean, yeah, is is if you're if you're counting on an Ole Miss win at Georgia, 
or frankly, if you're counting on a win for anybody against Georgia, I question your sanity. It doesn't mean that you can't win. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that they're, that they're they're invincible and that no one's ever going to beat them. I don't think that. But if you're asking if you're asking me, hey, what do you think is the most likely outcome of Georgia at home against Missouri and Georgia at home against Ole Miss? Well, the easily the most likely outcome is two Georgia wins because the math points in that direction. In the same way that the math points in the direction of Ole Miss winning on Saturday because that's where the trends are. When you've won 41 of 42, right. when you haven't lost at home since 20, 2018, yeah, you're – it's, it's – it's, it been mean, that long? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Ooh. You know, so well, – Well, hey, Rodney. I've got in here late today. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I got in here late today. I didn't see Chase. He's not there today. He's emceeing the Hall of Fame, uh, Ole Miss Hall of Fame thing. Chase is a big deal, Rodney. You got to learn that. Chase is Chase is a star oh, here. In, okay. in, Chase is a star in Oxford. Chase is a celebrity. I got you. Uh, Neil, I'm going to talk to you about if you don't care. Uh, you'd like the Oklahoma NBA team, right? Yeah. Yeah, my son's a big Oklahoma City Thunder fan. Okay, well, you're an NBA fan. I used to love the NBA, and I still do to this day. And now I've come up, now I'm with the bandwagon fan. I I followed them in the late 80s when they lost to Detroit. I was a big Chicago Michael Jordan fan. Yeah. A Bulls fan. And they spoiled me going through those. And I love the NBA, and I'm still a Bulls fan to this day. But in the last, I haven't watched NBA in three years, and I refuse to watch till LeBron James retires. When Why? he leaves, I'm coming back. You don't like LeBron? You don't I like- can't stand him. Well, here's I, don't the- like, I don't like, like LeBron. I, I love the way he plays, but he's just on his politics. He's just killed it for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm able the to. the way the NBA yeah, I'm able to separate from all that. I don't. I, I can. I can admire because I suspect that if I were to sit down with a bunch of people in in sports, that I would disagree with a lot of their politics, and they would disagree with mine. But I, I, I look. I love the NBA. I freely. I, I love it. And and LeBron. What LeBron James. I love is, it. What LeBron James is doing in his late 30s is absolutely remarkable. It's unbelievable. And so I. I just. I. I just. He is. Here's the thing, right? Do you, he is a great player, Neil. He is one of the greatest, if not the greatest. But he, I think Jordan's the best. And then I think it's between him and Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I, I generally but, in the modern era. But here's my point, though, right? You don't. I don't do that with music. I don't do that yeah. with. I don't do that with. Uh, I don't like listen to a. I don't listen to a musician and go, okay, well, I don't know what his or her politics are, and if I disagree with, I still like their music. Like, you know, there's. I strongly. I've never done that, Neil. I've never done that so, in my life. But, but but there's no so there's no difference really because three years the, ago it just got. Yeah, at the end of the day, LeBron's an entertainer, and so what what he views, you know, like I I run a lot, or when my knee lets me here lately, my knee hasn't let me, which is very frustrating. But regardless, when I run a lot, I listen to a lot of rap. Yeah. I listen to a lot of Eminem, for example. I suspect that Eminem and I don't see the world the exact same way. It doesn't matter. I enjoy his music, and when I'm running. I uh, I like it, you know. I mean, 
I, I just, I when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm just kind of hanging around the house and sometimes when I need to kind of mellow a little bit, I want to get my, I want to wind down. I'll, I'll turn on some cold play. I like them. I know that's people are going to take my man card away, but I don't know what Chris Martin's politics are. And I mean, probably, probably very different from mine, but I still like his music. I like their music. So I just don't, I don't view sports that way. And, you know, um, I know coaches who are conser- I know coaches who are conservative. I know coaches who are liberal. Um, I just don't. I don't know. At the end of the day, I don't. I don't think it matters. Hey uh, Neil, let me put it like this. Maybe I put it wrong. I said it's politics, but like what, three years ago, when all this stuff was going on there in the country, and just the way he did out come out against cops, and maybe I'm and and you know maybe I was being harsh on him. But I mean, I I love the way he plays. I really do. Yeah, I well, respect his game. I would encourage you to watch the NBA right now, and and I'll, I'll let well, you. Well, I got a friend there's, there's, that watches the NBA. He says I'm missing a lot. There, there've never been this many uh, great young players. It's it's really fun. It's a really fun league. It's uh, there's so many good teams. Uh, like in the well, West, I'll talk about coming back watching it this year. Yeah, there's a, I'm going to see some of. This this kid with the Spurs, Victor Wimbanyama, is just going to be special. Um, uh, Chet Holmgren, the rookie for the Thunder, I think he's going to be special. I mean, he's a Nikola Jokic playing for the Denver Nuggets right now. I I I think might very well yeah, end I'm, up being the best center in the history of the game. He is that good, and Denver I, Denver's beautiful. I heard to I need watch to come play. back and watch. Yeah, I, would, I heard there's a man in Denver and there's one in Dallas. I'd really need to watch. Yeah, Luka Doncic is is a lot of fun. Yantis Antetokounmpo is is an it's an it's an absolute freak of an athlete who is also a very gifted basketball player. It, it is it's a really fun league, and there's a handful of teams that are really fun to watch, and there are some really good young teams that are um, kind of on their way up that you can follow and uh, that are fun to watch that that uh, play it that that are going to win championships down the road, and it's a fun league, man. So I would I would encourage you to just give it a shot. Hey, I'm going to let you go, Rodney. Right. Thanks for the call. Okay. All right. Thank you, man. Uh, let me get to a couple of these questions. Um, do I think there's a difference between 9-3 and three and 10-2 and two in terms of effect on recruiting? No, I do not. I don't think, I don't think there's any impact at all. I, don't, I think both of those are – Ole Miss has established itself right now as uh, one, of the, uh, one of the more consistent programs in the league. And uh, – Lane Kiffin has proven to uh, know how to work the transfer portal, and they're recruiting at a higher level with high school kids. It's a program with momentum. Uh, a, a third loss wouldn't change that. I don't, I don't know that you. I don't think you, on the flip side, I don't think you'd recruit better at ten and two than you would necessarily at nine and three. I, I don't. I, the kids just don't think like that, and they really don't. Maybe they should, but they don't. Um. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's see. Um, seeing if I missed anything in the stream. Yeah, Wimby, Wimby grind. Wendy is Wimby's a stud. 
By the way, Grind made a really good point. Let me see if I can find it. Here it is. This is in the thread. This is something to watch for. He says, in two of A&M's losses, Miami had a wide receiver uh, go six catches for 126, and then Burton, who plays for Alabama, had nine for 197. So the question is, can Ole Miss have a guy put up those numbers? He mentions Trey Harris. I do think Ole Miss wide receivers have to have good days. He says, uh, Miami also had another guy go five catches for 94 yards, and Alabama had Bond, another wide receiver, put up seven for 96 says the Tennessee loss followed a different script. Yeah, I don't know that Ole Miss has to put up the big uh, Burton-Miami numbers, but I do think they have to have success. I think they have to be balanced. They have to be balanced. They have to be able to do both. And if they do, I love their chances. If you, A&M's really good at getting you into third and long, though, and you want to try to avoid that. But that's, that's pretty par for the course all the time. Uh, let's see. Um Low question thread. Uh, Hattiesburg Reb says, pick two of the following for the Cubs to have on the roster next season. Cody Bellinger, Juan Soto, Aaron Nola, Pete Alonzo, Yamamoto, the uh, the Japanese pitcher that everyone's raving about, or uh, Tyler Glasnow. Um, whew, I can have two of those guys? Oh, God. Give me, uh, give me Bellinger and Soto, I think. Or even Alonzo and Soto. I want Soto. Uh, if I can have Soto, I want Soto, period. And then after that, Alonzo's on the final year of a deal. It'll give you a lot of power. Um, Bellinger is less power, more contact, more more uh, position flexibility. Some of that I'd have to know. I'd have to go, know internally what the Cubs really think about Pete Crow Armstrong. Do they? How close to ready do they think he is? Um because he wasn't ready in September when he came up. So that would that would be something I'd love to know. I'd, I'd love to be inside the meetings and find out what they thought about him, what they think about uh, Alexander Canario, uh, a couple of the other young positional outfielders that are coming up. This feels like the offseason that you you trade. This feels like the offseason that you make that move for, for – um, I would make the move for either Alonzo or Soto. I would get Soto if I could. I would pay – damn near anything for Soto. I would sign him to a long-term deal, and then I think I'd give Bellinger the contract because I, I think Bellinger can play center field. Bellinger can play first base. Bellinger obviously could play the corners. Um, you get a lot of flexibility with him. Um, Borek says, how blanking tired are you of talking about 11-1? and one? Only two or nine more days. I, it's not that I'm tired of it. I, I just... I hear people talking about it like it's a likelihood, and it's not. It's not likely. Doesn't mean that it won't happen. I I, I don't think. I hate that. It's it's crazy that I'm the one doing this. Um, I don't think it's fair that people are s- starting to move the goalpost a little bit or a lot bit. Um, before the season, nine and three would have been celebrated by the overwhelming majority of the fan base and now for people to go well nine and three would be a disappointment in the moment maybe but not in the big picture and 10 and two before the season i thought 10 and two was the absolute ceiling and if you hit your ceiling you did something i mean there's a lot do you know how many programs out there in power five would would kill for a 10 win season and you got a chance to have two of them in three years it's huge 
the 11 and one talk is just, it's not that it's not that I don't give me almost any chance next week. It's just Georgia's really good. Georgia's historically good. What they're doing with their program is damn. I mean, he's 41 and one in their last 42, 25 in a row, two national titles, damn good shot at a third in the SEC at the same time that Alabama's been at the peak, at the pinnacle. That's, that's strong. That's really strong. Um, the second question was, how did you answer the question? What did you want to be when you grow up at age of 10? I would have said I wanted to be a major league baseball player. Um, but starting in about the sixth grade, I, 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 I knew I liked to write. Um, I was in a class that was like a creative writing class. And I wrote a book about a monster that became president and all the kids wanted to hear it each chapter. And I can remember really liking to write at an early age. I knew that I knew that I wanted to write. So I've kind of known that all of my life writing's kind of my, especially when I can really focus on it. It's kind of my, um, I enjoy it. I, I, I get a, I get into a zone. I, I, I hear athletes talk about that. Not really anymore. Not with the stuff we do at rivals, but I wrote some stuff in mobile that was a lot of digging and a lot of work. And there was a lot of writing and it was long form and it was, I enjoyed it. Uh, would I rather swim in a pool of mayonnaise or find out a girl is my half sister after dating her for two years? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I, I'd rather swim in the mayonnaise at that point, but what does she look like? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, salad thunder. Uh, keep hearing comments that dark doesn't look right. His injury is why he hasn't played hundred percent. I agree. Uh, he says, then why didn't they throw Spencer out there? Spence Sanders against Vanderbilt. Cause it's Jackson darts team. It's his team. The kids play for him. They want him to play. He's the leader. Sometimes quarterbacks have to play hurt and Jackson's playing hurt, but he's the leader. It's his team. He's earned the right to play in these games. Um, he's earned the right to play these games. Bottom line. He didn't finish the season great last year. The team didn't finish the season great last year. They brought in other quarterbacks. He could have quit, could have gone to a different place. Um, he didn't. He stayed. He took on a leadership role. Played. Uh, David Eckert has a story in the Clarion Ledger today about the trip. They took a bunch of his receivers out to California to work with his, with his quarterback trainer. Um, it's his team, and that's why. He, he's he's healthy enough to play. He wants to play, and he's tough. Uh, Austin, thanks for the super chat. Why don't we have calls on the post game show anymore? A lot of a lot of it's been late games. Uh, a lot of the shows, a lot of the call in shows last year were kind of drunk. I wasn't on them. Uh, Chase was doing it by himself. I don't think it's something he wanted to do. It just we we also we needed to turn the. We, and we need to turn the post-game show into audio form pretty quick. And so you can't do that while you're still uh, live on, on, on a stream. So that was a lot of it. Um, it just made it just makes sense. Um, we've, t we've talked about taking calls, but, you know, like when a 6.30 game last week, 
we're, we're, we're not finished till midnight and take calls for another hour. It's just so late. And neither, neither one of us are, are late night people at all. I mean, he's, he's, I'm more of one than he is. And that, that should tell you something. Um, just it's, it's, in some ways it make in some ways it just doesn't make sense. In some ways it does, I get it, but in some ways it doesn't. Um Ole Miss 3792 asked me about the Gotti Netflix documentary. I've not seen it. Um I really don't know a whole lot about him. I, I, I never really watched a lot of the the mob stuff as much as other people. Who was more famous in their day, him or Taylor Swift? It's hard for me to imagine anybody being more famous than Taylor Swift is. I mean, she's international. Um JFishT288 says, I find many aspects of the Tyler-Dabo exchange and the ensuing discussion fascinating. Chief among them is the relationship between the coach and fans, donors. Dabo points out that he works uh, for the board of trustees. The president and the AD, I'm not sure that's true, but what are his obligations or responsibilities to the people that actually fund his program? Uh, are these as these coaching salaries and NIL demands skyrocket? What do you think of the roles of fans and donors? I mean, they're asking you guys to pay the players. They're asking you to pay the salaries. That's that's what they're asking of you. It's it's fascinating, but that's what they're asking you. They're asking you to buy tickets. Uh, they're asking you to support the program to help with capital gain, capital uh, improvements, and then they're asking you to help pay the players. That's and that's a big ask. Um and it's fans I think feel more ownership because at that point you do essentially have a degree of ownership. Like if I go to a Cubs game, I know I bought a ticket, so I paid for my admission, but I don't look out at the second baseman and go, I helped buy him. I think the TV deal helped buy him. The, I, and I, I know that the state, the money they make out of the stadium helps pay for players, but I don't think about it that way. When you contribute $2,000 to the Grove Collective, you're buying players. That's what you're doing. I do think that changes the relationship. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. And I, you know, he says, uh, are the customers paying to consume a product? And if they don't like the product, they should go buy a different one. Or are they shareholders who have invested their monies with an expectation for a return on that investment? And they have the right to hold the people charged with leading their programs accountable for their failings. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, ultimately fans, ultimately fans make decisions. If you don't go to the games and you don't contribute to the collectives, you're sending a message. And the message is received. They have to, and the people in charge have to make decisions. Um, Landon says, if I were suddenly the czar of a blue blood flagship university and could handpick the next football coach without concern of fan base reaction or money restrictions, who are my first three calls? How far down the list is Kiffin? Uh, I would call Dan Landing first. Be my first call. I'd beg him. I'd call Kirby Smart because he gets it. Um, this will probably surprise you. I think Steve Sarkeesian would be really high on my list. Um, Kiffin would be pretty high on my list as well. Maybe as high as four. Um, I'd I'd kick the tires on Urban Meyer. I'd, I'd dig a little, but he wins everywhere he goes. If I didn't have to worry about reaction, 
and I don't have to worry about money. You, I would owe it to myself to inquire about him. Uh, 83 wins says was the, the robbery of Deion Sanders, Colorado football team at the Coliseum. A, a grab and go typical of LA. B, a PR stunt by Sanders to attract an infusion of money. C, justified because of all the high dollar bling as kids have been flaunting. Or D, a symptom of a deeper societal problem in today's culture. Or E, none of the above. Um, uh, I would, I would, I would say D is my answer. I don't think it was a PR stunt. It certainly wasn't justified. Uh, I did not watch the gubernatorial debate. Uh, RC Reb twenty two. I was, um, I was pretty busy last night taping interviews, loading uh, podcast. I did the show with Pete. So I, I, I couldn't have audio on anything. I had a couple of games on in the background. I watched uh, Pelicans and Thunder and I watched the World Series game, but I didn't have any audio, so I couldn't listen to a debate. Uh, and Kyle says, when was the last time you cooked some ribs and how were they? It's been a long time since I did ribs. Uh, they were pretty good, if I recall correctly, but it's been, it's been more than a minute since I've, since I've done that. Um, let's see if there's anything in the stream before start winding down here on, on the show. Appreciate everybody for, uh, for being in it. Uh, yeah. Connor says, do I know what Jeffrey's thoughts are on the Grizzlies? We talked about it a little bit on the, on the podcast this morning. You can hear him. I, I think, I think Jeffrey is beginning to have some concerns about the Grizzlies. Um, he's worried about the depth of their roster. And I think he's concerned about the impact of Steven Adams absence for the season. They're just, they're, they're just not rebounding the ball. Well, um, and the West is loaded, man. The West is really good. Um, you got the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Warriors, the Suns. Um, I thought the Pelicans looked good last night. Um, the Mavericks have looked really good so far. You got two elite scorers, and, and right now Luca, Luca's playing at a super high level. That's before you even talk about the Clippers. It's before you even talk about the Thunder, the, the Sacramento Kings. The West is loaded. You can get lost in the West fast. Even a team like Memphis, you can get lost fast in the West. And so it's it's too early to panic and too early to go, oh, yeah, they, they, they suck or any of that stuff. But they got to they gotta start getting some wins here soon because the West is the West is a beast, just a beast. There's, even the teams that everybody thought would be bad, like San Antonio is not bad right now. They've got Popovich as a coach and this Wimbanyama. He's the deal. He he's special. He raises all he raises all boats. He's he's really good. He's gonna have some days where he's gonna look like a rookie, and he's gonna have some days probably when they play Denver, for example, where where the Joker's gonna do to uh, Wimby what he did to Chet the other night in Oklahoma City. But those cats are coming. Those guys those guys are those two guys are going to be stars. It the, the league is fun. If you. If you don't like the NBA, I, I get it, whatever. But if it's because you haven't tried it in a while, you, you might want to turn it on. There, there's some really fun teams. And I think basketball is about to get bigger here because Chris Beard, today we talked to him for a little bit. Uh, they opened the season on Monday against Alabama State. And we talked to him. And obviously he was very, very close with Bobby Knight, who passed away yesterday at the age of 83. And um, Chris was pretty emotional about it. But he spent eight years day in, day out with Bobby Knight and remains very close to the Knight family to this day. And Chris Beard is an impressive guy. He was super impressive today. I'll, I'm, I'll, I will try to get that story turned around 
as soon as I can. I don't have any shows to do tomorrow. So I will do I will do some writing um, tomorrow, certainly. Uh, let's see if there's anything else before I, I start closing it up. Um, I don't think so. I think we're uh, I think we'll wrap it there. Give me a chance to uh, to get all this done. Um, so yeah, the Tupelo Reb says. I think what we've tried to do with that show, the post game show, I'll go back to that because we get the, I get the question a lot. I think what we've really tried to do is make that show a football show where we talk about the game as much as we can, where we talk about the other games as much as we can. People got irritated with, um, people got irritated with a caller would call in and it was about something other than that. And when they listened in podcast form, they didn't like it. So, we were trying to trying to make as many people happy as we could. All right, last thing, grind. Thanks for super chat, my man. I appreciate you. He says, is Tom Herman or Rhett Lashley good enough to fire Pittman Arnett for? Is SMU a better job than Mississippi State with NIL and going to the ACC? The second part of your question is yes. Yes, SMU is a better job with NIL and going to the ACC. State might be able to pay more money to a coach right now, and the, the money might be such that you have to take it. I mean, we all, if someone offers you $7 million a year on a four-year deal, I mean, do the math. It's basically all guaranteed. $28 million is a lot of money. I mean, that is generational money that you would, you would have to really think hard about turning that down. But Mississippi State's a really hard job. It's a really hard job. It's, it's, I don't say this just because I cover Ole Miss. I really don't. I, I that that job's the fifteenth best job in the league come July the first of twenty twenty four, when Texas and Oklahoma join this league. Only Vanderbilt's a harder job. You can argue South Carolina's in that mix. I disagree. I think South Carolina's a better job. I think if I offered the the South Carolina job and the Mississippi State job to a hundred coaches, more than seventy would take South Carolina. The same with Kentucky, um, Missouri. Missouri's got much more favorable NIL positioning right now than Mississippi State. And at Mississippi State right now, you deal with Lane Kiffin up the road. Lane Kiffin has Ole Miss as a very relevant national brand. And you're 82 miles or whatever it is from Tuscaloosa. That's brutal. I mean, you can argue that job sucks. I, 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 it's, a, it's a hard job. Um, Tom Herman, you know, I don't know enough about him, like his whole deal. I know they've had some success at FAU. Um, Lashley's, Lashley's a good coach. Does either one of those guys move the needle at Arkansas more than Sam Pittman? I mean, maybe, but look, I said this earlier about Arkansas and Arkansas has got a decision to make in football. They've got to decide, a, does it does it really matter? Not does it matter. It matters. They want to be good. They've got a beautiful stadium. It's a beautiful part of the country. Uh, a lot of money up there. It's growing. Um, I used to laugh when people said it's the next Austin, and now I'm not so sure I laugh anymore. they got a lot happening up there with Fortune 500 companies and lots of jobs and people, and it's it's booming. But does it matter enough? 
to start pouring that money into NIL to get players to Fayetteville? It's, that, that's a question that I don't know the answer to. I'm, it's not my world. I don't cover that beat. I don't, I don't know. But they, that's a decision they have to make. That job, I think, has more upside than Mississippi State. But if they're going to compete with the top of the SEC, with Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee and LSU and Texas and o- OU and Texas A&M and Ole Miss, the way that Ole Miss is invested in football right now, they'll have to step it up. And I don't know how that works. I don't know what the dynamics of that are with that fan base. I just don't know. And I don't know whether um, you can actualize the money that's up there. And there's undoubtedly tons of money up in, in that entire corridor because of the Walmart Tyson stuff. Can you turn that money into um, NIL money for the University of Arkansas program? I don't know the answer to that. I really don't. I mean, the Waltons in, in part own what the, the Broncos. I mean, they, 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 there's the money to, to make a monumental change, but you know what's the bat, what does it look like from a public relations standpoint if you pour tons of corporate money into one football program when you have a, a, a company that um, yeah, it's based in, you know it's based up there, but you're trying to sell to clients worldwide. Does that hurt you? I don't know. Uh, do I no, well, I think Rhett would leave SMU. I just don't know. I don't know Rhett Lashley. I, I don't I don't know if about him. I don't know enough about him um, personally to know like what what his desires are, what his financial situation is, what his dreams are, that kind of thing. Yeah. So your your last question here is what I advise him not to. I I think I would advise him to hold tight. I would advise him certainly not to take the Mississippi State job. I think that's until they fix. Here's their, where they're different than Arkansas, right? You mentioned those two schools for that, those two jobs. You couldn't, you can at least envision a scenario where Arkansas is an NIL power. The money's there. The corporate's actualizing. It's a different thing, but it's actually there. You, it's it's right there in town. You could go. You 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 can you can paint a realistic picture of them becoming a. Um, a power in this era of college football where NIL pays players. I don't think you can ever paint that picture at Mississippi state. That's a problem. So I would advise him not to take the state job and I would advise him caution on the Arkansas job. Um, so anyway, we got a lot of program coming your way. I'll stop there. Cause we got program coming, uh, the butcher versus the dance instructor, Greg Jones, Caroline McCready, We'll come to you uh, at six, I think is when I scheduled that. Let me make sure. Um, I need to look. Yeah, six o'clock. That's coming to you at six o'clock. That's brought to you by LB's Meat Market, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. Then Pete's Pigskin Preview comes on at 645. Uh, That's brought to you by Riverland Roofing. Uh, Pete shows almost an hour. And then at 745, I've got an almost two-hour show for you, Uh, the OEP Extra, previewing Texas A&M at Ole Miss. I talked to David Eckert of the Clarion Ledger. talked to um, Olin Buchanan, my friend from Texags, who's great. Uh, David Nuno, also of Texags, also just a tremendous journalist. He's great to, to uh, visit with. And then uh, Ben Mintz, our uh, weekly visit with Ben. We talk uh, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. We talk some uh, SEC. And then, of course, we talk um, the weekend ahead 
in the National Football League. So there's a lot of that, uh, a lot of that coming your way. So enjoy the uh, enjoy the show. I need LSU to win. It's a big game for uh, me and Tyler and our picks before I get sent off to someplace in Montana and have to figure out my way home. So that's the reason I'm holding my grandfather's LSU ball. I need I need the Tigers to win. So um, anyway, have a great weekend, everybody. Really appreciate all the people in the stream. Really appreciate uh, all the feedback, all the questions. Thanks to Todd Abernathy for his time on the show today. And uh, we'll have a post-game show on Saturday after Texas A&M and Ole Miss. And then, of course, we'll be back with a full week of podcasts next week here on MPW Digital. The coverage at rebelgrove.com as well. So until, uh, until next time, take care.